This is your home for St. Cloud State Hockey, keeping you up to date on the NCHC. Women's WCHA. Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies. The National Hockey League. Kaprizov in for a chance to win it. He scores! Thrill the thrill is for real! Welcome to the NHL, a game winner. And everything from the state of hockey. Cloud Cathedral is now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title. Welcome to the Huskies Warming House Podcast Den. The Huskies Warming House podcast is also brought to you by the Soda Pod, home of MNCAA college hockey news and more. Stay wild and up to date with new episodes throughout every week. Find them on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and other podcast platforms. And welcome into the Huskies Warming House podcast, episode 199 here in the Dead Nick Maxson alongside Noah Grant here for another week of Huskies hockey. The men were off this weekend, uh, but this past weekend it was a very good set of hockey games and what will ultimately be the first round showdown in the playoffs in the WCHA in two weeks time. Uh, the women's team taking on Minnesota Duluth and uh, as I was telling Nick pre-show it was probably about the easiest video recaps we've had to do since we started <laughs> started going through. I essentially one goal in regulation scored over the course of the weekend so um, very tightly contested hockey games I imagine that will continue in a couple of weeks time but uh, um Speaking of continuing in a couple of weeks' time, Nick, um, maybe we'll maybe we'll actually just leave this in the open of the show. I think it's maybe only fitting that maybe we kind of uh, draw this out a little bit. I, I think for um, first of all, welcome to the show. Um, it's great to have you. <laughs> um, and uh, as you know, we've been kind of going. Th- through things over the past week and we've known this for a while but on social media if you've missed it from us at warming house den after the conclusion of this uh hockey season here uh we are going to end up shutting things down and finishing out this show over after four and a half years of existence um it's been a pretty wild four and a half years i I think is probably the easiest way to put that and we won't go too much in depth and we'll save a lot for our final shows and we have a lot of things planned and some really exciting things three guests coming in of course ben holden our only other co-host that we've ever had regularly on the show bill prout from center ice view which all of this would not even remotely have been started or been possible with him especially in the early days and then of course the the most repeat guest on the show brett larson the head coach of the men's hockey team so uh nick i i think maybe to start though um you know how things kind of happen naturally almost where you have a thought in your mind, does it make sense for us to do another season? What will this look like? How will we do this? Um, And I think you would maybe be in agreement that this was one of those decisions that, albeit a difficult one based on how much time we spent together, it just 
it it didn't actually require a ton of discussion. I think we've we've hit that point where it felt like we we've we've seen the wagon ride off into the sunset and we've had a had a good run. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you know, I think to kind of go a little bit more specific, Noah, um I think just where the show is at and you know, for us to continue it, it's not that and and I think one of the misconceptions out there when when fans of a certain show, whether it's podcasts, whether it's a TV show, whatever the case may be, right, um, gets to this point, right? There's there's always kind of speculation of, you know, there's stuff going on behind the scenes. And that's really wasn't the case with oh. this, right? Um, the the real issue is that, you know, at the end of the day, there's, you know, not, if, there's not enough hours in a week. <laughs> Right. I mean, to be, to be honest, right. And I think, you know, if, if and I don't know if, and at least I know I speak for myself. I'm not sure if you would agree with me on this, though. But I think if the show were, shall we say, more commercialized, maybe this is different. But to get to the show to that level requires a lot more resources than yep. we really have. Um, but I think what we do share and this, I think I know I can speak for both of us that the, you know, the passion for the game of hockey, for the programs, because, uh, you know, I mean, there were times where I mean, this show was evolved over time. Right. I mean, we've covered everything from, you know, college hockey as a whole to the NHL and, and you know, certainly some topics that were more difficult uh, to cover versus some ones that were great highs and lows. Uh, but I think over the course of it, Noah, as you mentioned, this it felt like, okay, this was the natural time. And I think you hit it on the head when you posted it. It says, we want to go out on our own terms yep. and, you know, not have, shall we say, a unstable foundation get out under our feet. I think that's maybe the best way to describe it. So it's in it. And I don't think for us either. And I'm going to ask you this. It hasn't really hit yet. And I don't think it will until we yeah. do our final send off. Um, Cause as much as, you know, I love talking puck and, you know, supporting St. Cloud state and both the programs, I, I still, it still doesn't feel real just yet. Does it for you? Yeah, no, it definitely doesn't. And, and I think uh, the other piece of this as well is um, I was trying to end up doing the math. It was, if you want to be technical about it, because we, we, of course, we've had a, a fair amount of shows that we've done. Let's say a, a show is an average of an hour and 15 minutes per se. You know, sounds right. Yeah. We've got over 300 hours of just show time. <laughs> You know, yeah. in, into the into the show, like, and when I say three hundred hours of showtime, I'm talking just what you see as the consumer, as the listener. We're not even talking about the pre prep, anything like that. Like when we when we go through, um, we don't make it easy ourselves on ourselves in the off season, especially this year. We went through our NCHC previews for three seasons now, and then of course the WCHA last year. I mean, all of those packets. I mean, they take an hour to two hours sometimes to put together and get all the information together and you're doing it every week. You know, on top yeah. on top of that, both of us are working one to two and sometimes three jobs in the show history at, at any given time. Um, and I think back to when we were first coming out of the pod, um, you know, I was switching majors and getting ready for nursing school and we would do the weekly show on Sunday. 
we would yep. do on like Tuesday, we'd have a special guest come in. We do like a weekly interview. And then Friday, Saturday, after each of the games, we would do a recap of the games and put them on Twitter. So we'd watch the games live and, um, you know, be able to do that. And, you know, that of course was, I think fondly back on those moments because that was when we were truly, we were at the peak of being invested into what, what the product was. Um, yeah. But naturally we've evolved away from that because we've had other life obligations come up and the other challenge with the game of hockey, unless you work um, basically juniors or any sort of professional, you know, league is anything college, even juniors to an extent, games are always on the weekend. So when you start yep. covering multiple outlets, they're all at the same time. And that's yep. where that's where I think, you know, it kind of runs into the challenge. And to be fair, part of the tipping point for me personally, too, is being a full time night shift nurse. Um, my schedule is about as abnormal as it gets. It doesn't match what normal people do. And then on top of that, when half of your free time is allocated by doing games on those weekends. Um, yeah, it just, I, I think we wanted to leave the show in a place where we, we gave our best effort in terms of making it what we wanted it to be and not getting to a point where the product begins to really suffer because mm -hmm. of what we have going on in life. Like I'll give you an example right now. We're recording the show on February 18th on Sunday. Um, I'm getting ready to go to work tonight. So to put that in perspective, and Nick knows this very well, um, we're recording this at, at 4.45 in the afternoon. If you want to be technical about it, it's the equivalent of most of everyone else that's listening or viewing this show waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning to do a podcast before they go to work in the morning. You mm -hmm. know, So it's like, we and think about all the interviews we did with Brett Larson. Those were all at zero dark 30 at 6 a.m. in the morning. You know, it, it, we we, yeah. we put a lot of time into giving this show the best possible chance. And it's been a great four and a half years. And I think um, we wanted to leave it that way instead of having it become something that was unrecognizable to what our initial promise for it was. Yeah. And that makes sense. And um, at least from my perspective, and I, I wanted to make sure, and, and as we go throughout the weeks too, we'll continue to um, probably discuss things here and there about it, right? Yep. Um, always, you know, Twitter inbox is always open. So for the fans who want to ask, you know, either of us questions or the podcast, you know, you know, feel free to give us a DM or shoot us a, a message on X or Twitter, whatever the hell it's called now. <laughs> um, but this doesn't necessarily mean, at least from my perspective, too, that I'm done covering Husky hockey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, did every single home game this season for the women's. Was very, very thankful for that opportunity. That was not something I was expecting. Uh, for those who know the St. Cloud State athletics programs, I mean, they generally reserve those broadcasts for the students uh, in the communications departments. Um, this year was a unique opportunity where um, they decided to give me a shot for the year. Not quite sure what the future holds with that. I would definitely be open to returning if it was offered. Um, but there's other, shall I say, rods in the fire uh, with my broadcasting too. And I think to uh, where Noah had, as you mentioned, that you're in a spot too, which is, you know, you're, you're in your career, right? And yeah. there's things that are, you know, you have the reasons why this is going. Also for me, it's, 
being more dedicated to having more availability for opportunities as well. And let's just say that this offseason and really right now, even now mid-February, you really start already looking at next season and the yeah. broadcast. Mm-hmm. So this is a very... Um, busy time for me trying to see what else I can be doing. Um, just because as, as, and I know, you know, this, no, but to the, for the viewers, it's a competitive world, right? So yeah. it's, that's not new, but you have to start looking now. And there are conversations that are out there. Um, like I said, certainly the, the conversation has at least on the service been had about next season for women's hockey. Um, and I've been doing some juniors too for the St. Cloud Norseman this season as well. So a lot to figure out. Um, but at a, the end of the day, yeah. It's an interesting push and pull because you and I are going in almost opposite directions. You, like the, the base. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're in North Dakota. I'm down here. No, I've been that way for a while, man. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I think to kind of cap it off, the basis of our decision is y- your move is actually to move more in depth into that broadcasting world whereas for me nick and i just talked about it pre-show this is my last year i just let the toros know this week of covering hockey in the na for them like i'm kind of pulling back and moving towards my realm and you're starting to kind of dive in deeper into the opportunities that are presenting in yours and so um it's certainly going to be an an interesting shift the fact that people have found us palatable and listened to us for four and a half years is still something mind boggling. And uh, I definitely think uh, in in our last show or something close to it, we're going to definitely revisit one of the earlier episodes and take a look because I I've I've not done that. And I think it would be kind of fun to maybe do it on the spot and uh, take a gander at what once was um, that that kind, yeah. of, that kind of seems like a a phrase for us that that's aptly named but uh with that being said as nick kind of mentioned um we'll kind of give you more updates as we go through of course we're in the middle to tail end of february we've got about maybe eight weeks so i would say maybe episode 207 208 is probably when we're going to start hitting maybe the last show so um yep we appreciate all of our listeners and viewers it's been an incredible ride um it'll be over 250 episodes by the time we're done with this because of course you have to throw in uh, a lot of the interviews that we did during kind of the the middle to early portion portion days so to speak maybe year two is is kind of about where we were at there so uh it's been a wild ride and uh certainly one of those things i think we look back fondly and encapsulates a lot of um, what was going on in our lives at that time too I think of our show history in relative to what was going on for us personally too so um, yeah can't wait to talk about it more and uh, and, and we'll do that as we move forward uh, into the 200s episode 200 coming up next week as far as this week though we'll talk a little bit about the NCHC and kind of uh, recap the landscape where all teams have now played an equal number of games heading into the final three weeks of the regular season. And on the women's side, they've got only one week left before the playoffs after their battle with Minnesota Duluth last week. And we start, as always, with Center Ice View News and Notes presented by HuskiesIllustrated.com and the SodaPod. Center Ice View News and Notes. Center Ice View provides you with the best coverage of St. Cloud State Huskies hockey from game notes, recaps, photos, and more. Go to centericeview.com.
episode 199, Nick Maxson alongside Noah Grant. And uh, by week, as we mentioned for the men last week, they're back in action upcoming against Western Michigan, one of three weekend series as they have left. Western Michigan and Denver uh, coming up for St. Cloud before finishing off uh, in the early middle portions of March uh, at Amsoil Arena in Duluth against the Bulldogs. But uh, Nick, I, I think if we start... Um, Plain and simple, starting with the NCHC standings, everybody has now played 18 games. 24 will be the full slate uh, in the conference schedule. North Dakota one point ahead of the Huskies at 37 points. We thought this spread might get a little bit bigger. Um, Well, no. No. (laughs) Um, And we thought uh, the gap behind might stay a little bit pat. Um, Well, no, no. <laughs> um, and, and somehow those two things are interlinked. We were in the middle of a, a chaos sandwich if you were a Huskies fan, but St. Cloud in second at 36 points, Colorado College at 33. We'll get to them. Uh, Den- Denver at 31. Uh, the gold pan duo. Um, Still yeah. still not sold if Denver will be in a home ice spot, though. There's still a lot of opportunity, as the Huskies have Western Michigan this weekend uh, at 29 points. Now essentially a three-point spread or, or two-point spread between Denver and Western and then Omaha at 23 they move up to that six spot uh and Minnesota Duluth right now at 21 in seven I wonder if there's a certain podcast that predicted them to be in that spot and everyone scoffed uh and then finally Miami pulling up uh the very end at six points uh the Red Hawks most likely a date with destiny probably North Dakota unless the Huskies start to kind of turn things around a little bit here but uh Nick going back to uh the scores for this past weekend as well in the nchc um it got interesting i think is probably the easiest way to say that um as we mentioned uh the huskies off this weekend so um we are here we are that's better uh february 16th and 17th of course uh the teams that played the previous weekend omaha western st cloud miami all off uh denver 5-4 overtime finish against the bulldogs denver essentially loses that crucial point uh duluth gains one and then 5-2 was the final for the pioneers in night number two denver a fairly decent showing overall on the weekend i would say but the big one oh my gosh Colorado College 7, North Dakota 1, and then 6-2. The Tigers win in night number 2 at Ed Robeson Arena. Clearly, uh, home ice is uh, the place to be uh, if you're a Tigers fan. And and that means they swept North Dakota for the whole season, right? Yeah, 10 out of 12 points. Um, Again, shades of like 2007, 2008, to be honest with you. And, you know, I I think on top of that, the, the other thing that I think is most impressive is the fact that you know they win on night number one lopsided score happens to anybody not saying north dakota can't lose by a score like that you kind of thought in night number two you're like all right north dakota is going to come back they're going to win three two in overtime or it'll be five two with a couple empty netters they'll get back to their game i mean north dakota was playing well and they were outplayed by the tigers this weekend um and as i alluded to with uh, my comment about Duluth, um, I don't know much, but apparently there's a certain hockey podcast that has been really high on this Tigers team for a while now, and everyone has looked at them and rolled their eyes. Um, seems like the entire NCHC is taking notice, and we're sitting back uh, uh, with, or we're more like Leonardo DiCaprio with a beer in our hand pointing at the screen saying, well, there it is. Here it finally goes. Yeah, seriously. This team uh, could finish in a home ice spot, Nick, or better. I think 
they're going to just based on how they're playing right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, no, when we go back to last season, you know, when we go back to CC getting to the NCHC frozen faceoff championship game, I think a lot of NCHC fans thought they caught lightning in the bottle. They got a couple of breaks. I think there's a little bit of truth to that sure. for last season, mm-hmm. but the overall direction of the program was going up. And when we talked to Chris Mayotte and the passion, I mean, he almost reminds me, I uh, know of like Dan Campbell, just a guy you want to run through a freaking brick wall for just, he just has that energy. He's got that commitment, loves his, his players, his coaching staff. And when he said last year, after the season ended um, just, you know, about 10 months ago, he mentioned that November, December, January, he felt like they were in games, but they found ways to lose those games and they needed to figure out how to get on the other side of those. Well, not only have they done that, they've taken arguably a top three team in the nation and just outscored them 13 to three. And I think more, more impressive, Noah, and I want to get your thoughts real quickly on this. Yes, the score is one part of it for me, but CeCe was not at one time intimidated by North Dakota. Again, in the night number two, four goals in the third period to kind of pull away. It was a closer game yeah, two, two. than the final score would indicate on Saturday. So North Dakota did, in theory, push back. But CC, they've got their destiny of their season in their own hands, and they are in the driver's seat right now. Yeah, geez. I, you know, and we talked about in the first half where they kind of had a slow start and we're like, ah, you know, we expected a little bit more out of them. And I think if we're being honest, when we hit maybe Thanksgiving time, our thought was, okay, they'd be a good candidate for maybe fifth in the NCHC. They might start to string a few together. They might start to maybe return to form. Uh, yeah, well, they saved their best for the second half because yeah. they've been they've been the antithesis of what Western Michigan and St. Cloud have been right now in the second half of the 100%. season. 100%. Um, you know, they've been very good. Denver's been the other team that I would say has looked all right um, coming out of the holiday break. Omaha, hard to get a beat on them. Uh, Duluth, I, like I said, it's a down year for the Bulldogs, and poor Miami, poor Miami's just trying to stay afloat. Can you can you imagine though? Think about how big of a difference it would be right now if you had the weekend you just had, and Miami would have hung on in regulation on Friday night a couple weekends ago uh, against the Fighting yeah. Hawks. The Huskies would be in first place in the NCHC despite their recent fluctuation in play as well too. So, um, speaking of uh, things to kind of pay attention to, if you're a Pairwise fan here, the Huskies actually technically got some help this weekend although seeing North Dakota beat CC wouldn't have hurt at the same time too but CC is now occupying that 11 spot they're actually tied with St. Cloud but they do have the tiebreaker over both them and Providence St. Cloud technically 13 by proxy right now North Dakota down at three um what a poor place to be boohoo um I know right (laughs) so so clearly didn't affect the Fighting Hawks much you know in years past that weekend would have been devastating for North Dakota yep. that would have pushed them into a two seed easily um right now Denver and North Dakota are sitting in a in, in a pretty okay spot uh how about Maine quietly at seven by the way too I, I think a lot of people um don't talk about that enough big weekend yeah. the, big weekend for the Huskies pairwise wise though um I mean Western Michigan sitting right by ahead of the Tigers at 10 St. Cloud has already beaten them twice this season a third win would go a long way in the pairwise bracket mm-hmm. to to make things happen so um, Nick, I guess just very briefly before we move on to the women, because that's kind of kind of going to be the focal point of this show. Um, 
We've got six games left for each team in the NCHC. The Huskies have a chance to take care of business against two opponents above them in the pairwise and improve their stock and then really got to make sure they take care of business against the Bulldogs in the final week of the regular season. Uh, what's important for St. Cloud as they look forward and try to stave off teams like the Red Hot CC Tigers as we move into playoff time? Uh, well, you just said it right. Playoff. It's got to be playoff hockey from here on out. It just has to be. Thirteenth um, is not a comfortable spot, um, and don't think that not only does Brett Larson know that, but that locker room knows it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, though, they could help themselves. I think you have to strive for three or four against the next two opponents, yep. and then you have to get both against Minnesota Duluth. You just have to. Um, in any fashion, the I mean, you, the, the simple fact you can't lose to Duluth, you just can't. Yeah, um, and, where you're at right now, and you can't lose two. You've got to make sure you win at least one, so you stay ahead in the head-to-head. -head, you know, so yeah, hundred percent. So um, it's so yeah. Going back to the original point, it's got to be playoff hockey. You know, it's you have to have the mentality that it's one and done, and it starts this weekend. You hope Noah too that this week off um, got a chance to get some practice in to, to work on some things that you know maybe we're catching the Huskies in a little bit of the funk they've had this second half. But um, however, last year similar similar spot in terms of not the best second half, although different reasons, right? More injury related than anything. Yep. This is where the Huskies caught fire last year. So if there's any sort of, you know, okay. I'm concerned. Yes, this is a different season. This is a different crew, but this is where St. Cloud, you know, found some ways to put things together and they took that all the way to winning the NCHC championship. Uh, not sure that that's in the cards necessarily for them, but I do think they have to approach it as this is our tournament time now and they got to take it one game at a time. Yeah, certainly. So of course, as we mentioned, Western Michigan this weekend, following weekend, um, all of these are at home, by the way. So Western's here in the Granite City. Then the following weekend, the Pioneers come to town. And then St. Cloud, one road weekend left in the NCHC, March 8th and 9th, up at Amsoil. And uh, if you're paying attention to both the Huskies clubs, provided, uh, you know, St. Cloud can at least make, uh, you know, the frozen faceoff. Uh, if they qualify for the NCAAs, again, I, I just said that phrase, if they qualify for the NCAAs. Um, yeah. yeah, there uh, there are no more bye weekends unless, you know, St. Cloud does not qualify for the NCHC frozen faceoff and somehow still makes the tournament. So um, as far as the men's side, that's kind of the case. Same on the women's side here. We're going to move on uh, to this women's team who, uh, yeah, uh, if you're, you're the men's team trying to take a page out of the playbook, uh, it was not a bad weekend, although standings-wise, didn't improve to the level that I think you wanted, but I think you kind of made a statement heading into a playoff matchup that will be very good in the quarterfinals before you get to the WCHA final grouping in the playoffs. So also the women's team in a similar situation where they still technically could not make the final round after the first round of the WCHA playoffs and still make the big dance. So that would be their only other possibility for a bye week uh, moving into the tail end of the season. So we are, we are kind of all hands on deck moving into the final month and a half here. So, uh, but this women's team, Nick, uh, we take a look first at uh, the WCHA standings. Um, had to kind of update these a little bit because I think when I looked this morning, it was wrong. It had Duluth as the extra point getter. It was actually St. Cloud. So St. Cloud would be at 35 points, Duluth at 44. The Bulldogs are going to remain safe in that home eye spot. The Huskies will be on the road from what I can see 
Um, yeah, it was clinched actually on Friday, yeah. technically. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Ohio State, speaking of clinching things, 73 points uh, atop the grouping. Um, they're likely going to stay there. Wisconsin at 65, the Gophers at 57. Um, Mankato at 19, Bemidji at 10, St. Thomas at 8. Really, the only opportunity for um, some true fluctuation heading into the last week here is that St. Thomas could vault Bemidji State for the final two spots. Other than that, the WCHA is pretty much relatively set in stone, I would say. So Ohio State will either yep. get St. Thomas or Bemidji, depending on how the Huskies do this weekend. And of course, St. Thomas, Wisconsin would get the other. The Gophers would take on Mankato, which I think is a bit of a tough matchup uh, for the U of M, to be honest with you. Mankato has played a couple of good games. Then the Huskies would be on the road against Minnesota Duluth and the Bulldogs. So um, yeah, looking forward to... Uh, playoff hockey obviously and 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 the women's team kind of getting things going they've got one more weekend series coming up here so we'll get to that but as far as last weekend we talked about it uh, a one nothing loss on friday night in regulation the lone goal scored in period number three by the bulldogs then the huskies get the extra point uh in the shootout a zero zero official tie if you're taking a look at the pairwise so nobody really moves anywhere um maybe that's actually where we technically want to start uh is in the women's pairwise duluth at nine st cloud at 10 nothing has really changed for either of those two teams heading into the final week uh of the regular season if you're the huskies really want to take care of business against bemidji state because that could be a more yep. devastating impact than one would like to think about uh yep. so uh keep an eye on that one but the women's team staying pat uh, as we may be expected um but uh uh, again, when we move into the last week of the regular season here this upcoming weekend, we take a look at St. Thomas, who will have Mankato. Duluth will have Minnesota. So um, St. Cloud will have Bemidji State, and Ohio State will have Wisconsin, which will be a very good matchup to close out the last week of the regular season. So as far as last weekend, uh, taking a look, St. Thomas loses to Ohio State 12-1 and 4-1, about to be expected with how good that Buckeyes team is. Mankato. 4-0 in 5-2 finals against Bemidji State. Wisconsin 4-0 against the Gophers on Saturday. 4-3 in overtime on Friday. The Badgers get it done. So that kind of sets the sets the table for what we're paying attention to heading into the final week of the regular season. On Friday night, though, Nick, this women's team conceded the only goal of the contest that ended up being the difference maker. Uh, actually outshooting the Bulldogs by 10. 39-29 to was the final uh tally in this one huskies 9 8 in the first 21 15 in the second wide open uh middle frame there and then 9 6 in the third both teams failed to score on the power play the huskies 0 for 4 duluth 0 for 2 um clara van weeren uh 433 into period number three from olivia wallen and reese hunt was the only goal that we had jojo choback stopping 28 of 29 um huskies were Unfortunately, kind of abysmal in the face-off dot. 23 wins, 38 losses. So that, of course, you'd like to see that cleaned up. But, Nick, it was essentially a two-on-one rush. The Bulldogs tallied the lone goal of the hockey game, and that was all they needed. Cloud zone, Walleen left wing side. Trying to center one, Van Weeren score! Clara Van Weeren breaks the seal early in the third. Three mark of the third. And I mean, it, you know, when you go back to this weekend, Nick, I mean, as painful as it is to lose that hockey game, 
I, I mean, one nothing game comes down to one play. You weren't able to execute offensively, which has maybe been the one glaring weak spot for this women's team as of a little bit recently is they just haven't found the offensive supplementation to help out their goaltenders. But uh, Friday night, uh, do you feel okay with the fact that both of these hockey games, even moving into Saturday, were about as low scoring as humanly possible? Yeah, just I think it's just because, again, I mean, Idolski is, at least I should say this, was pretty frustrated um, after the the last game at home against the Gophers. Uh, you, you could see the, the gears turning in his head that... Um, I think I think he likes it both ways, right? I think that he's happy that these are close games, but he also knows that he's finishing a play once or twice from turning a loss into a win, right? So I think you know there's there's two lenses you can look at it, right? So I think on the one hand he is happy that it's low scoring, just only because I think at this moment Husky's offense is essentially about as barren as the Mojave Desert right now. It's it's yep. been scarce. It's not great. Um, so you to give yourself a chance, you got to be locked down defensively. Um, power play has been very scarce as well, and special teams as well for St. Cloud. So, yeah, it's it's a mixed bag, right? Because it, on one hand, Duluth has been a thorn. It's been a team that St. Cloud, you know, as we've talked about on the show, know that if they wanted to make that vault into you know a top four spot in this conference which is no easy task they would have to start beating these teams and they have um again they've beaten duluth um already this year but as we get throughout the course of the season and especially to now this is where teams are going to be you know in theory playing their best hockey they've grown over the course of the season and saying cloud for whatever reason especially over the past five weeks offense has completely stalled um, now, is that a tone to some of the chances they're just not executing? Is that also defensively teams are taking away some of St. Cloud's better options? I definitely don't think it helps that Clara Himmlerova, who is a fantastic two-way hockey player, is on defense right now. I just think that her offensive ability would be best suited up top. But the Huskies are inundated with injuries in the back end, and they kind of need her there, right? So I think that's part of the issue as well. Now, mind you, Carmen Bray coming in midseason after the holiday break has been a good addition. I think she's played really well. But yeah, what's what is the the next step, right? What um, what's what do you adjust, right? Because you don't want to get too open on the ice to to let the offense fly. Because when you watch the games, Noah. St. Cloud is getting their chances. They're just not putting the puck in the net. And I think that's got to be the more frustrating part is if you actually go to watch, even this past weekend, they had chances. Can't yeah. find a bounce to get the puck in. So, um, But doesn't it make you feel good? And normally I'm kind of the bearer of bad news, especially when it comes to the women's hockey team recently. But, you know, the fact that they're still in these hockey games despite the lack of offensive supplementation. When you move into playoff time and you hope that the women's team you know, gets a little bit of confidence against Bemidji, takes care of business, does their job, puts a couple goals in the net, you head into the playoff time. Um, this still could be a case of a team that is doing everything else right, and then it starts to open up for them right at playoff time, you know, and they start to maybe find their way a little bit. And, you know, that's kind of what you hope, I think. Uh, you know, and the yeah. fact that they're keeping a lot of these games relatively low scoring, at least entering period number three, you know, 
empty net goals notwithstanding, I think gives a lot of hope to the fact that they're out shooting, they're out playing, they're creating opportunities like you mentioned. They just they they need to find somebody that's able to execute that's gonna be, you know, that goal scorer. You can't you can't rely on just, for example, like an Emma Gentry. You can't put everything all on, you know, a player or two. Gotta find a little bit more depth scoring for them. Uh, scoring was not the name of the game, though, in night number two, Nick. Um, attendance, no. <laughs> attendance of just under uh, 1,300. Uh, good shootout, though, for a 0-0 hockey game. Shots, again, 39-30 for the Huskies. Another good showing. Outshot 13-11 in the first, but then 10-6, 14-9, and 4-2 in periods 2-3 in overtime, respectively, for St. Cloud. 0 for 3 on the man advantage, uh, Duluth 0 for 2 respectively. Faceoffs much more even, 26 wins, 29 losses for the Huskies in this one. Uh, and it was uh, shootouts galore. Before that, actually in overtime, uh, penalty shot for Alice Surreal. She missed that one. Emma Gentry, Laura Zimmerman, and Sofiana Sundland all scoring for the Huskies um, to seal this one out in a shootout. Hannah Baskin and Clara Van Weeren also scored for Duluth in the shootout, so it came down to the wire. And Olivia Wallen missing on her opportunity. She was stopped by Jojo Choback, who stopped all 30 that she faced. Uh, and the one that she needed, of course, in the shootout. And the Huskies take the shootout victory in the extra point. A chance to win the game for St. Cloud State. Soriol in on Gascona save with the left pad for the UMD freshman. Slows her pace, tries to make a deke to the backhand and slide it to the five hole. Basket with some speed. A shot she scores. Post past me. Emma Gentry to shoot first for St. Cloud. Lots of speed. She goes posting in. And we're tied one to one in the shootout. Bulldogs. She got the game winner yesterday. To the forehand, she scores! Clara Van Weeren, and the Bulldogs to the backhand. Let's see. Oof. Did it hit the crossbar and pop out there? Now the officials are gonna have looks that we can't show you of Scored the- so far in the shootout. <laughs> Olivia Walline now for the Bulldogs. Saved by Choback, and St. Cloud State will have a chance to win it with a chance to win it for the Huskies. Sunderland, a shot she scores! St. Cloud State wins it in the As is typical with these shootouts, Nick, a lot of good hockey players on display. Goals galore for if you stuck around in a 0-0 hockey game, you got your money's worth in about a a two-minute span there uh, at the end of that one. St. Cloud gets the extra point, gets the job done. A little bit of confidence, at least, heading into the final weekend against Bemidji State. Uh, This women's team, of course, as we as we kind of alluded to, this is their last weekend of the regular season. And of course, they've got to take care of business. Uh, Bemidji State, who has not been great this season, is the final matchup. They are on the road at the Sanford Center. The Huskies are not at home. Um, so uh, a little bit of caveat, of course, to kind of pay attention to as well. But Nick, uh, the overarching question, uh, if you're St. Cloud, you're the women's team, you essentially have a couple of tune-up games and take care of business to keep yourself within contention in the pairwise type games is, you know, it's an important weekend. And then you head into the playoffs and face a Duluth opponent that is certainly beatable. The Huskies have shown that they split both weekends essentially with them. They outshot them both nights. They've kind of went pound for pound. There's a reason these two teams are right next to each other in the WCHA. What's got to happen over the next two weeks for St. Cloud to make a, a very rare trip to uh, the final grouping of the Final Four in the WCHA in three weeks' time? 
uh, score some goals. <laughs> oh, honestly, that's it. Um, now, I'm going to actually take a bit of a different take. I don't think Brian Idolsky is looking at Bemidji State as a tune-up game. I don't. I really don't. Well, certainly, um, certainly can't approach it. it on paper. You hope it. Is. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. But what I'm, what I'm, what I was going to finish with Noah is that, you know, with just how scarce you have been by putting the puck in the net, I think that's kind of where the fear is driving from, right? Because Bemidji State has found ways at times this season where if you let them hang around, you talk about a team that feeds off of, you know, their own confidence and sometimes say their team kind of, you know, fighting themselves a little bit. It's Bemidji State. Um, Now, what needs to happen this weekend? Again, score some goals. Um, I, I think just getting the puck into the back of the net a couple of times, getting out to a lead and feeling like you're in cruise control, not necessarily like, okay, we can take a step back a bit, but just feel like, okay, yep, we're executing. We're, we're, we're finishing off our plays. I think that's going to go a long way. Um, Now to your point though, is that this is a more important series than just WCHA on the line. I think there's, if not their pairwise lives are on the line in this weekend. I really do. Um, Again, as you mentioned, you know, 10 out of 11, um, you can't drop either one of these games with Midgey State. So, um, but if they're able to, as you mentioned on paper, do what we think that they're capable of doing and what we know they're capable of doing, just for whatever reason, over the past four or five weeks, just haven't been able to really fully put out that effort that we have been especially used to seeing the first half of the year. You wonder what kind of boost it gives them going into that weekend series against Duluth, right? Um, again, you kept them close. You technically, in maybe your mind, you got to win on, on the weekend, even though NCAA says, hey, it's a tie. Um, you got to like your chances there, but I do think they would benefit hum- you know, pretty significantly with a more comfortable winning streak yep. against the Beavers this weekend. So um, still a lot on the line here, um, but you do wonder, you know, if they can finally break through what that might do mentally for this group as they head into playoff time. Yeah, certainly. And, uh, you know, after this upcoming weekend, there's nobody in the WCHA playoffs provided a, a six, seven, eight seed doesn't make the cut that can really hurt you in the pairwise. So take care of business this Correct. weekend and, yep. you know, do what you got to do. Um you know, after that as well, too, you'd like to see like a 4-1, 5-1 hockey game, at least one, if not both of the nights this weekend. Like you said, just kind of get out to a lead, uh, feel the puck a little bit, put some pucks in the back of that, have some confidence heading into the WCHA playoffs. This team does have a chance to get past Duluth in the first round in a couple of weeks, though, but they've got to obviously find a way to uh, create some opportunities offensively. And, uh, you know, crazier things have happened, I think. The, the true success of this team would be taking care of business in the next two weeks and either or um, one more important than the other in the end, obviously, but either making the final four grouping in the WCHA playoffs or making an, an NCAA tournament or both. They certainly have an opportunity to work in tandem. And I think this team still has an opportunity that's still on the cards. Um, they can't falter this weekend and they have to have a good showing in two weeks in the playoffs. They're certainly capable of it. Um, all signs, especially in the first half point to the fact that they can, but like Nick mentioned, um, they've got to find a way to what, uh, um, they got to find the right altar to pray to the hockey gods because wherever they've been yeah. praying, praying right now has not been working. Um, and th- like you mentioned, Nick, this team has played about as well as they could to 
lose whatever it's been eight of nine. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I mean, potentially. I mean, yeah. I mean, so they have a chance to string technically in WCHA play three wins together heading into the playoffs. Uh, a big opportunity for them as they face Bemidji State at the Sanford Center this weekend. Men's team will be taking on Western Michigan coming up, and of course, we'll have that all for you as we hit officially unofficially whatever it may be episode 200 here on the huskies warming house podcast in the final two months of our show existence and we couldn't be more excited to have our listeners and viewers with us for nick max and i'm noah grant and we will see you soon in the den